My name is Charlotte and I am five. John. And how old are you, John? Four. What's your name? Aggie. And how old are you, Aggie? Four. Liv. Liv. And how old are you, Liv? Four. Four. George. And how old are you, George? Five. Isla, how old are you, Isla? Um, three. Three? Can you tell me the story about when baby Jesus was born? What do you know about that story? Um, that he died on the cross. Okay. What about when he was a baby? <laughs> baby Jesus was born on Christmas. Do you know where Jesus was born? Was he born in a hospital? Outside. Outside? The barn. The barn? Who else was in the barn? A cow, a sheep, and a donkey. Um, Mary and Josephus. He put them in the hay, but okay. but not on the floor. The wooden a crib. A crib. The manger. Girls. Girls. Okay. Were they angels? A fairy. A fairy. The angel. Okay. Shepherds. Wise men. And what, what's one of the gifts they gave? Do you remember one of the gifts? Gold. Gold, very good. Because it's a life of our sin. <laughs> <laughs> to save us from our sins? Yes? So we could give peace to the earth this month. A lot. A lot. presents. Making cookies for him. Making cookies for Santa? I love that too. I play with my brother. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, we are obviously doing a bang-up theological education job, aren't we? Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Tim Power. I'm an associate pastor here at Salem, and I want to welcome you again. If anybody is new, I want to say that we are so glad. It is a joy to have you in worship with us. If you are a regular attender, it's probably a joy to have you in worship. I'd say that's a case-by-case -case basis. Some of you are rather taxing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It is a joy to have all of you with us in worship. Now, I, I'm actually really excited. I haven't preached since the beginning of November. What? Some, some people are, I don't know why you're clapping. Is that, okay, I, it was unplanned. Applause. I know what you're thinking is that he's had a month to prepare. This is going to be good. As Jesus once said, don't get your hopes up. I think he said that somewhere. Now, it wasn't a cute video. Now, now those kids, they were actors, but they were playing actual kids from our preschool. Again, that was a joke, too. Those were kids from our preschool. Now, they had some interesting perspectives on the Christmas story, didn't they? And we're going to be talking today all about our perspectives. We're going to be talking about how our perspectives really shape everything. How we see the world can shape our sense of hope, 
our sense of joy. It can shape our sense of purpose. It's all wrapped up in our perspective. Now, probably like a lot of you, I was lucky enough to spend some time with my extended family over the holiday. Did, anybody, did everybody have a good Thanksgiving by round of applause? It sounds like a good Thanksgiving. Now, I don't know about you, I find that when, when I get together with my family, it's great we get to talk about how we're doing, but we also like to reminisce a little bit about the past. Um, I have two brothers, uh, one sister, and then my mom is, is uh, my, my father passed on, so also my mom, and um, I'm amazed at how I remember everything perfectly, and yet all four of them get every detail of every story wrong. Isn't that weird? Now, I was reminiscing with one of my brothers, and I was remembering this time when we were kids. I'm the baby of the family. Now, we had a guy's movie night, and we were, we were going to watch a scary movie. Now, now, my dad was watching with us, but my dad, uh, I think this was true about a lot of dads from this generation, the play button on the VCR had the same chemical reaction in his body as Ambien. So he would fall right to sleep when we started a movie. So it's not like he was that present in the movie with us. But I don't remember what movie we were watching, The Exorcist, or uh, it was scary. It was The Shining or something. It was something really, really frightening. But here's the thing. The scariest part of the night was not the movie. It was not what we watched. The scariest part came after the very last scene. As the credits start to roll, Now get this, all the lights are off, it's in our family room, all the lights are off, and one of my brothers, I don't know which one, took the remote, turned off the TV, so now it's pitch black in the room, and I hear my brothers, my two brothers, running, laughing from the room, and slamming shut the door to the room. We had this this kind of heavy um, sliding wooden door to our living, I mean, to our family room, and they were slamming it shut, and they were laughing as they're leaving the room, and they slam it shut, blocking out all the light in the room, leaving me alone in total darkness right after this scary movie. Now, on the other side of the door, they're holding it shut, and they're laughing. I wouldn't even say they're laughing, they're cackling, because it was an evil laughter. And they're laughing on the other side. I'm screaming. I'm crying for them to let me out. And, um, and my oldest brother, while they're laughing, in between, I hear him start whispering, they're coming for you. They're coming for you. So I'm, I'm, I'm crying. I'm screaming. I pulled at the door for what felt like hours. And then I just gave up. And I went to sleep alone in a pitch black room. Right? Now, when I reminisce with one of my brothers, he swears it didn't happen like that. He swears that I was laughing the whole time, that I thought it was hilarious, that I had a great time. And I said, yes, I did think it was so funny that I've told it to several therapists, and they think it's a knee slapper. It's funny how we can have different perspectives on the same story, isn't it? It's funny how we can remember things from a totally different point of view. Well, this week starts the Advent season. That's the season where a lot of churches, we, we take a bit of time, the, the weeks leading up to the Christmas holiday, and what we're doing is placing a special emphasis on the incarnation. That's when God came to earth, when God came in human form. 
He was born into our world as a human, as Jesus of Nazareth, who would one day die on a cross and be raised again to life, be our Savior to take away the sin of the world. Now this year we are doing a sermon series. It's called Two Stories and One Christmas. Now the reason we're doing that, the big idea of this series starts with this question. Did you know that there are actually two Christmas stories in the Bible? There are two Christmas stories. Now a lot of us, we've seen Christmas pageants probably. A lot of us have maybe seen a movie that tells the story of the nativity. Uh, but we're presented usually with just one story. But in the Bible, there are four books, four books that tell us the story of Jesus' life. These are the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, of those four books, only two of them actually tell us the story of Jesus' birth. The book of Matthew and the book of Luke. Uh, in Mark and John, when we meet Jesus... He's full grown. He's already shaving. He's already playing fantasy football, okay? So that's the Jesus we encounter there. But in the two books of Matthew and Luke, we get two separate Christmas stories. They're two different narratives. Now, some of the details line up totally. Some of the details are really very different. Now, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to have a couple folks, our pastors, come and read the two Christmas stories, or at least a portion of the story from Matthew and then the story of Luke. Now, I want you to listen closely. Listen for similarities. Listen for differences. And as much as humanly possible, I want you to listen as if you're hearing this story for the first time. Birth of Jesus found in the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was, was a righteous man. Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as the angel from God commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. Joseph called him Jesus. This will be as told to us in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax list. This first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. And since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city, called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage, and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby, and she gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him in snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. So those are parts of the two separate stories. Kind of different, right? Kind of a different 
look at the same story. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into these Christmas stories a little bit deeper. What we want to do is we want to explore why are they different. We'll look at how they're related to the prophecies from the Old Testament. But most importantly, what we'll do is we want to look at these stories for what they mean for your life and for my life, for our community, for our church in 2019. Now, personally, I'm really glad that we have four different Gospels that tell us the story of Jesus. I'm really glad that we have two different Christmas stories that tell us about his birth. I'm glad because having different perspectives is important. Can I get an amen? Having different perspectives is hugely important. There's this parable. uh, It's actually been around for a long time, and it's, it's seen in a lot of different cultures, probably uh, originated uh, a long time ago in the Indian subcontinent. It's called the parable of the blind men and the elephant. You've probably heard something like this, and, and uh, I, I, I found a, kind of a short version of this that I'm going to read to you. It's called the parable of the blind men and the elephant. A group of blind men heard that a strange animal called an elephant had been brought to town, but none of them were aware of its shape and form. Out of curiosity, they said, we must inspect and know it by touch, of which we are capable. So they sought it out, and when they found it, they groped about it. In case of the first man, his hand landed on the trunk, and he said, this being is like a thick snake. Another one, whose hand reached its ear, said, it feels like some kind of fan. As for another person whose hand was on its leg, he said the elephant is like a pillar or a tree trunk. A blind man who placed his hand upon its side said the elephant is like a wall. But another one who felt its tail said it's like a rope. The last one felt its tusk, and he said an elephant is hard and smooth like a spear. You've probably heard this before, right? You've heard this this parable of the blind men and the elephant. There's another version I found when I was looking for this. There's one that's actually a parable of the blind elephants and the man. And it says this. It says, six blind elephants were discussing what men are like. Uh, And after arguing, they decided to find one and determine what it is by direct experience. The first blind elephant felt the man, and he said, men are flat. Come on, that's a joke, guys. The other elephants felt the man, and they agreed. Ha. Okay, so the idea of this parable is just this. Now, our perceptions can be flawed, right? Not because they're wrong in and of themselves, but they're incomplete. See, none of the blind men were wrong in describing the elephant, right? They were just incomplete. Now, here's... Here's what I believe is that probably in this room today, there are many of us that if we look at our lives, if we look at our circumstances, we might feel alone. Uh, We might maybe feel some sense of hopelessness. Maybe we can't really see much light in the darkness of our situation that we find ourselves in right now. Now, if that's how you're feeling, I'm not going to argue that you're wrong in feeling that way. I want to suggest that maybe how you're looking at your life, how you're looking at your present circumstances might just be a little incomplete. Might just be a little incomplete. I'm going to humbly ask that over this season, over the next few weeks as we dig into these stories, I want you to consider looking 
at your life with a different perspective. There's a, a British scientist, John Lubbock, who said this. He said, what we see depends on what we look for. What we see depends on what we look for. Now, I want to reread just one verse from the Matthew Christmas story that Pastor Terry read uh, just a couple minutes ago. And I hope that this will give you a new perspective. Not, not just a new perspective on the story of Christmas. Not just a new perspective on this story you've probably heard a million times before. I hope that this can give you a new perspective on your life, your circumstances right now, right in this moment. This comes from Matthew 1, verse 23. It says this, Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. I want you to say this with me. Emmanuel means God with us. One more time. Emmanuel means God with us. Here's the thing. These Christmas stories give us different perspectives, but the big truth is just this. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through right now, in this moment, you are not alone. That's the story of this Advent. That's the story of Jesus Christ coming into our world. Emmanuel, God with us. God with me. God with you. How would it change? How would it change your toughest day to know that God is with you in every moment? How would it change the darkest night of your life to know that the light of the world is right there by your side? How would it change everything? How would that shift your perspective? So it said that uh, John Wesley, who started the United Methodist, or not the United Methodist Church, he, he founded the movement that was Methodism, uh, that, that we're all a part of now. It said that on his deathbed, one of the very last things he did was he sat up in his bed and he said these words, best of all is this, God with us. Do you hear that? Doesn't that sound familiar? God with us, Emmanuel. See, in the last moment, in his last moment, in the moment that which for many people is the most fearful moment, the most desperate moment they'll ever face, John Wesley sat bolt upright and said, best of all is this, God with us. Now that's a powerful perspective, isn't it? Remember that earlier I told you that story uh, uh, about how my horribly cruel brothers locked me in a pitch black room all alone, desperately afraid, having to face down my nightmares all alone? <laughs> I, was, I was talking to one of my brothers, and he remembers it differently. What a shock, right? He told me this. He said, hey, Tim... We didn't leave you in there alone. He said, Dad was in there the whole night with you. In fact, the next day, you were on the couch sleeping, curled up next to Dad. <laughs> that, that's a little bit of a different story, isn't it? That changes it a little bit. See, I was so afraid in there 
but I was actually in the safest room in the house because even though I didn't know it, my daddy was with me. When I thought that I was all alone, he was with me the whole time. That looks a little bit like Emmanuel. That looks a little bit like God with us. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we come with our hearts thankful. Thankful that you entered into our world so that you could change our world. So that you could give us hope, that you could give us peace, that you could give us joy, so that we would know that in every circumstance, in every moment, when we are in our darkest place, when we are at our most hopeless, you are there right next to us. We thank you for being our Emmanuel, God with us in every circumstance, even when we don't know it, even when we don't feel it to be true. We thank you. And we ask that as we enter into this season where, where there are so many distractions, it is so easy for us to get caught up in all of the many obligations. I pray, Lord God, that you give us that perspective shift, that understanding that you are with us always, Lord God. And that is truly what this season is all about, is knowing that God is with us and that that changes everything. And we come to your table now, Lord. We come to your table, which represents your life lived for us, your death died for us, and your resurrection, which bears out in our lives the resurrection that we now can know. We pray over these elements, Lord God. We pray that this would be your blood poured out for us for the forgiveness of sins. And that this would be your body broken for us so that we might be your body for a world that is desperate to know this kind of radical love, that is desperate to know this kind of reckless abandon. And so, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for all that you've done for us. How you've changed us by your mighty acts. And we ask that we can be changed people that change the world in turn. 